Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. On this week's episode, we sit down with Dottie Jones to discuss family advocacy ministry and adoption. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast. My name is Nate Trawick and today I am joined by Miss Dottie Jones. Miss Dottie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, Miss Dottie, as we get going um, here, uh, maybe just introduce yourself a little bit about who you are, your family, um, and maybe a little bit about your background. That'd be great. I uh, live here in Maysville. I am retired from the metal industry. I did everything from receptionist to purchasing for about 25 years. I retired when my husband had a lung transplant and a stroke, and then he got better, and I went back to work and worked retail for two and a half years until they went out of business, and so then I I retired again. There you go. There you go. Very cool. Um, Tell me a little about your family. Um, You know, kids, what do they do? I have have three uh, kids, grown kids. Um, My daughter uh, lives with me right now. She's on disability. Um, I have a son who works for the Dallas County Sheriff's Department in the jail, and I have a son who is a lieutenant with the Fort Worth Fire Department. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, Well, Ms. Dottie, obviously, you know, uh, brought you today to talk about adoption and all that. So maybe um, just even before we get into this first question, uh, maybe just share with everybody uh, a little bit about how adoption has played a role in your life. I was adopted when I was 16 months old. I did uh, I did not find out till I was about nine years old. And I, my, my father always told me, I chose you. I didn't, I found you by rocks, what he'd always say. You know how daddies are. <laughs> and so I was never told I was there. I was always, always told I was chosen. And when I found out when I was nine, it, I was very confused and hurt and didn't understand a lot of what was going on and why and you know, what happened to my birth family and my birth mother. So there's a lot of confusion and uh, emotional confusion going on there. I did find out in 2005 that I had four siblings. Hmm. My mother was a single mom, and my siblings were 12, 10, 8, and 6, and then I came along. Back in the 50s, that was a big no-no, single mom, really rough. And so she decided to release me for adoption at birth, and I stayed in a foster family uh, for about 16 months. I don't remember that, of course, you know. But also, I have three biracial grandbabies that have been adopted. And we got one uh, when he was 17 months old from the state, and then we got two at birth through private adoptions. Very cool. Very cool. So so with all that being said, um, first question here is, you know, how has adoption shaped the way that you uh, view adoption in general? Obviously, you know, adoption uh, is a big part of your family. How has that shaped the way that you see adoption and the importance of adoption? And then also, how has it shaped the way that you view the church's role in adoption? As an adoptee, you you have a lot of experience with reject, well, a fear of rejection, mm-hmm. Of not being accepted because you feel like, you know, how children always take on the responsibility of the adults sometimes when things go wrong. They're always like, it's my fault. So, you know, you think to yourself, what did I do wrong as a child that they didn't want me? But again, once I found out the real story, it, it was so beneficial. 
I recently had a chance in our family, not a chance, but there was a possibility one of our, a baby being born was possibly going to go in foster care. Of course, my first thought as an adoptee was, oh, no, 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 no. But then I got to thinking and praying, and I had such opportunities as an adoptee. My, my siblings grew up in Techwood, which I don't know, the old Atlanta people remember Techwood. That was the family projects back then. Mm. They had the run of the streets. The good thing is they had the varsity all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I was, I was raised in a, norm, a um, traditional American home, mom and dad, where they did not have that opportunity. I had more opportunities for them. My, my grandchildren that have been adopted, like I say, one was from the state. He was abandoned as a baby. He is on the autistic spectrum, but his adoptive mother realized that, got him help, and now he's in high school, college school, I guess, and so when he graduates from high school, he'll have a two-year degree. The two other grandbabies that have been adopted, they were, they were through a private adoption, and they, it was going to be an open adoption, but it, it didn't quite work out that way. And so they, they had five other siblings, and they would not have had the opportunities. One of them is just a, a natural athlete. The, the little girl is, uh, she's on the city choir, you know, so like she's playing the viola, she's getting private lessons. And so we have such opportunities. But back to the story of, of having to maybe lose a child to adoption, I thought, it's a negative because you're taking this child away from a family who loves them. Because one of the questions I had as a child was, why didn't somebody else want me? You know, why? Surely there was somebody that wanted me. But when you keep that child in an environment that's not the best for them, you are taken away of the potential of what they could become. And and so I came to the conclusion that, you know, if I if we lose this grant, this baby, and it goes into an adoptive family, it's just for the best. And, and, and who knows what their future will be, rather than him being raised in um, a less advantage hmm. situation. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's really good. I mean, you think about uh, one thing that really stands out there is like just the, the opportunities that kids who are adopted get. Um, you know, I think about my dad. My dad's adopted, born to a young oh, mother, really? wasn't able to raise him. He was adopted by a family member. Um, and I think about just in, in his story, the the difference in the raising that he got. It really stands out to me as just yes. you know, a sign of the blessing from God right on his life because right. he would not have been who he is today. So, so, But then I think about, you know, the Bible talks about how God has given us all these great blessings. I think about Ephesians 1 talks about all these great spiritual blessings that we've been given, and one of those is adoption. Uh, it says that we, God says that we've been adopted into his family. Um, how, how maybe should that change the way that we see uh, adoption as Christians, the fact that we've been adopted? How should that change the way that we see this earthly adoption? I think you need to look at adoption as a positive rather than a negative. Back then, you know, people would whisper behind my back, oh, she's adopted, she's adopted. But it's it's really a positive because when we are adopted into the family of God, we don't just become a Christian and receive the Holy Spirit. 
we have a ton of family members. We have support. We have emotional support, spiritual support, physical support. Our Sunday school class is just the prayingest Sunday school class. We have the prayers of so many people. And the church body, you know, it's just like recently we've had two two, uh, church members that have gone on to be with the Lord. And what's the first thing we do? We, We start gathering food. We start praying for the family. So you are adopted into that family. And when you are adopted into a physical family, it's the same thing. The whole family comes together. And it's like, oh, we want to see this baby, you know. And we went, I tell you, when, we, when I went to the adoption uh, pro- ceremony for two of the grandbabies, and the judge didn't bring just the parents up. He brought aunts, uncles, grandparents. Everybody, every family member went up and said, you take this oath to watch over this child and to support this child. And so, and that's what we do, basically. We, we don't do it as an oath, but when we have people come in the church, you know, we, we're right there. You know, oh, welcome to the church. If there's, pro- if there's illness, if there's death, if there's catastrophes, people, we're right there. What can we do? What can we do to help yeah, and support? Absolutely. Um, so, so I hope, uh, for those of you listening, like, uh, maybe you start to see the reason why maybe adoption is so important, uh, you know. Uh, Miss Audie, and I didn't ask you to prepare this, but do you have any information about like the need for adoption in our area, anything like that? I'm not aware of a particular need, but you know it's out there. You know it's out there. I think awareness, first of all, to birth mothers, usually they're young, usually they're scared. They may be in an abusive relationship. They don't know where to go. Reaching out to these young, young ladies who need us and help them make the right decision for themselves and their baby. I think reaching out to the foster system is bad. I mean, it really, I mean, I know where that gets on down the road, but just the, 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 the government is so, I think, overwhelmed with so much work that things get lost in the crack. But as a church, we can reach out and we're more local we can reach out to who needs what, where. And, of course, you know, we can go to um, the county offices and find out. But I, I know there's families out there. I know there are women out there who are who have found themselves in this situation and don't know what to do. So, obviously, you know, there's a need out there. Um, you know, hopefully there's some people listening maybe who've thought about adoption. I know um, my wife and I, we've considered adopting eventually and um, think about all that. What, what advice would you have for somebody who's maybe considering getting involved in adoption or maybe even somebody who's just interested in helping support adoption ministry? To get involved in an adoption, I wanted to say Google, 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 <laughs> but <laughs> research because there's so many avenues. There's international avenues. There's uh, same uh, same race adoptions. There's biracial adoption. There's um, handicapped children that really you know need adopting. Uh, maybe their parents can't take care of them. And so, are there couples that are especially suited for taking care of physically impaired children or mentally impaired children? Little, little babies are precious. Everybody wants a baby. Well, I do. I love babies. But as they get older, they're not so lovable. They're not so cute. And, and so... Come with baggage. Right. So who... There are children who need that. They need that. They need the same thing that that six-month-old baby needs. 
So, yeah. But um, as far as the church, you know, each person is given a spiritual gift. And I think each church has been given a special gift. We have so many ministries. And it says in the Bible, you know, for us to look after the less needy. Yeah, and to take care of the orphans and widows. And I think that's where a lot of, we have so many that that there's not enough churches to do it, I think, you know. So, of course, the government has to step in. But I think if more churches got involved in this, one little church can do just a little bit. But if you get a whole bunch of churches, this church has a special gift of offering services, uh, babysitting, taking meals, you know, the Baptist church, you know, let, let them fix the meals because they, you know, they're, they're all the good cooks, right? Um, are the, is there a church over here that's got a lot of businessmen or entrepreneurs that have a lawn service, hair care, doctors maybe that can offer free or discounted services to foster families and to children mm-hmm. in need? So each church has a unique gift to give to, this, to these children. And I think you just need to find out which church, what your gift is. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so uh, when you think about um, just adoption in general, uh, what are some challenges that, that you've seen? Because uh, I know kind of that's like the stigma behind adoption, right? You get into like really tough situations yes. and certainly those exist. Yes. Um, but what are some situations maybe that you've been a part of that, um, you've really been able to see God work through maybe a tough situation, but still it turned out to be for his glory. The second grandchild we adopted, it was an open adoption. You need to really think clear about doing that. My daughter-in-law took him to see his birth mother, and she says, I'm pregnant again, and it's a girl. And so she wanted a girl. So they started the process, well, the birth mother got real huffy. All she wanted was money, to basically. So you got to be so careful that. And and they went through a reputable company, but sometimes not everybody's good hearted. Yeah. They don't care about the child. They care about the money or what you know they can get. But uh, it worked out great. Uh, unfortunately, those two babies, their parents, both of them are incarcerated. So it's sad it's sad mm. it's sad for the child because then they have all these thoughts of well gosh this was my lineage you know this is who i came from am i going to be that way well no you're not you you just got to make better choices mm. than what they did but you got to be careful whether you go through a state or a, a private adoption or international adoption get all your facts what's the cost because of course international is very expensive you have to go live in that country for a while you have to um you know, maybe leave your job for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, a, a private adoption, open adoptions are good, but sometimes they can't be. So now that adoption has been closed and there's no contact. with it. The other children that were in the family have been gone, have gone to live with relatives. Mm-hmm. So just be very careful, just like anything. Do your research, take notes and ask questions. So I know obviously you're a part of our family advocacy ministry here at the yes. church. It's not something I I mean, I'm on staff and I'd not heard much about this <laughs> until I talked to Tori about it. Um and she's obviously brought it up in staff meetings I'm like, Okay, cool, fam, fam, like what's what, what is like, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't really know what's going on here. Uh so maybe just take a second, um, 
because obviously, you know, family advocacy ministry is going to play into adoption at some point. Right. Um, and adoption ministries, maybe just take a second and share uh, what you guys are doing and um, maybe how some people listening can get involved in that. Well, you know, you've heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. To me, it it's a mom and a dad to raise a child. But if that's not the case, if that's not happening, it takes a, co- a village or a community to support the raising of that child, to support that child and support the parents who have taken over raising that child. The fam has been a mystery, I think, to a lot of people, and us included, that are part of it. But Lee's doing a good job explaining it to us a little bit more. But it's mainly what can you do to help the most important thing in this situation is that child. That is the mo- to me, that is the most important thing, that that child gets the upbringing that he or she needs, the education she needs, the love and the concern and the support that they can grow up and be a functional adult mm-hmm. and with a lot of love and care. So as as a community, as a church, members can take meals to foster families. They can babysit. They can do laundry. They can do yard work. I don't know how many children you have. I had three. And it could get really crazy sometimes. I think you have just the, the baby. Well, you know how crazy it can get with a baby. But, you know, as a, a, a regular a birth mom, sometimes you want to just pull your hair out. Now, can you be in a, imagine being a foster mom who's already got a child that has had trauma in their lives and bad trauma sometimes, trying to love that child when they don't want to be loved and care for that child. They may have their own children plus foster children, and they're trying to work and take care of everybody, and I can't imagine what they go through. So as a church, we can administer to that family so that that family can minister to the children. Um, if you are a like a doctor, an eye doctor, hair hair stylists you know can you cut their hair for free or cut their um for a discounted amount so there's so many avenues that people can give of their gifts and of course if you you know if you have money and want to give it that would take that too you know (laughs) but it's it's mainly it's mainly preserving the the protecting the child helping he or she grow and eventually reuniting the family if possible if not possible, then letting that child go to a family that will be blessed by it. Cool, cool. And how, how might somebody, um, uh, what are some specifics maybe of how somebody can get involved in that, who they need to contact, uh, what what opportunities are there, so on and so forth? I think as a, a group, we're going to try to, to put the word out more. But any any member of the FAM committee you can contact them, ask what you need to do. We, I think we're going to try to have meetings like once a month at least and come to a meeting and see what you can do. Just contact a member. Uh, ask Tori. You know, she knows uh, who, who, if she doesn't know the answer, she can tell you who will or what you can do. Mm-hmm. But, that, you know, and you don't have to do a whole lot. Sometimes it's just cooking or ordering a pizza and sending it to their house. You don't even have to cook, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, just ask, and, and there's opportunities there to help. Uh, well, what are some examples and maybe some things that you guys have done in the past? Uh, just want to help people like get an understanding, like, okay, what is this? What does family advocacy ministry do? What are some things that you guys have done in the past? Well, we've just started, but I've, I watched some of the videos today, and um, 
it's respite care. Let let the foster parents go on a date night. They're still human beings. They're still a loving couple. They, you know, the children are their lives, but they still have a life too. And just like, uh, you know, a regular, uh, not a regular couple, but just like as couples, you want to get out and be together. Let somebody come watch the kids, and you go take a date night, or let's um, let's have a family night. Let's mentor mentor to these children. Maybe we have talked about having an event and having the youth um, mentor to some of these children. These children want to feel normal. They don't like what they've been through, and they hate it, and it and they need to feel normal and accepted more than anything in my book. So, yeah. But we have got some plans that we want to, to uh, present to the church, and we have so many things going on now, but each person has their own little niche. You know, I may not be able to help somebody over here. I can't sing with a flip, but, you know, I can sort of cook. I can bake, okay? And so that's where I need to be. This, when this came up, it just God just spoke to my heart. It was like, this is something you need to be involved in. So, you know, pray about, is this something, first of all, is this something you need to be involved in? And then ask God to show you what you can do and ask the members what they can, you know, what they, you can yeah, do. Awesome. I think that's, that's really cool because, you know, the Bible obviously asks or commands us to take care of orphans and widows. And, it does. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people, uh, I know even I kind of sometimes like, okay, how can we actually do that? Um, right. But, um, hearing like, okay, you know, you can just go like sit with the kids while the parents mm-hmm. go out on a date, or you mm-hmm. can make food for them. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people who maybe can't teach, but they can bake food. And yeah, so, right, right. Um, and right. so they, a lot of opportunities there for people to get involved, which is, which is really awesome. Um, want to go back really quick. Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier is researching, um, do you know of any resources maybe that people can go to if they want to look for more information about adoption? Um, I would check out, I don't really know any resources, but I would check out some of the, um, oh, I forgot the name of that home in, in Texas, but there's um, Gladden Home, I think. Check out the different homes. What are their policies? Um, you could probably go to the state. Maybe they give you some information and look for private information uh companies that would handle it or state organizations that you know might be able to help you too um now the international i'm i'm not real familiar with but uh, the state and locals you know I'm, i know more about that than international awesome uh well last question um and i didn't send this one to you before but um last question um as someone who has been adopted by adoption and who's been through it, who knows what their life could have been like, um, and who's seen the fruits of um, what God has afforded to you in this new family, um, what would you have to say for people listening uh, just to encourage them to be involved in adoption? If God has laid on your heart to adopt or be involved in any kind of foster care, take him up on it. Because if he's laid it on his, his heart, he knows you can handle it. It's not an easy task for the child or the foster parents or the birth parents. Because you are taking, like I said, you're taking in children that they don't know their future. Sometimes they've been abused. Sometimes you're taking in a baby. To me, it noth- a baby needs nothing more than to be held and cuddled because it's 
you know, it's been pinned up for nine months and now it's out in the world and it's like, I don't know what's going on here. So sometimes you just need to just hold the baby. But it has really made an impact on my life. There's always that puzzle piece as an adoptee. You don't, you, what happened? Why it happened? The thing, places just don't fall into place. When I found out my birth family and the situation, everything just kind of fell in place. Um, it's to understand why, what happened. But, you know, I had opportunities to grow up in a, a middle-class America. I had friends. I had family members that loved me. When, um, when my mother passed away, my 90-year-old aunt came up to me and we were looking in the casket, and she goes, you know, she adopted a little girl. I'm like, yes, I was that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> so the family was, you know, that family's going to love those kids, too. Everybody is. And, and also, like my daughter-in-law called me and said, Mom, we're thinking about adopting a biracial baby. And I said, I have no problem with that. I, babies are just so precious, so innocent. I don't care what color they are. You know, God created that baby. But I said, you've got to be ready. you got to be ready because you are white as snow white. And your husband's a firefighter. He is not going to be with you all the time. So you've got to be prepared for the comments you're going to get and the looks you're going to get. Same thing with international babies. As a matter of fact, other family members came up to them and said, why did you adopt? we got children, you know, here that need families. Well, because that's where God led me to adopt. And these children need homes, too, just like anybody else. So pray about it. Really pray. About it. And it's not, it's not for the wimp. It is not. <laughs> but, it, but what a blessing you receive and that child receives. And what better ministry to be a part of than getting to bring a kid? Like, what better way to make a disciple than to adopt a kid, to bring him into your home, to teach him about Jesus, to raise him in the Lord, yes. and then to release him and say, hey, go go love your family yes. the way that you were loved here. Uh, yes. So I think that's, yes. that's really cool. Um, and uh, if you're listening, uh, I hope that um, if you have questions about adoption, if you have ever thought about adoption or foster ministry or um, maybe you say, well, adoption's not for me, but I just want to help in some way. Um, I, I just want to challenge you, reach out to Miss Dottie, reach out to Tori Smith. Uh, she's our new uh, community outreach director at the church. Um, they're really, really working hard on making sure that people have ways to get involved in these kinds of ministries. So I uh, want to make that aware to you guys as you listen to this so that uh, as you do feel uh, led to get involved in those ways that you can get involved in uh, those ministries. Uh, well, Ms. Dottie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, and for your willingness to share your story. Uh, I know that it's going to um, make a great impact on some people. So I really appreciate you being willing to come and share. Um, so. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And we hope you have a great week. And we hope to have you back next week. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information on how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have questions about today's episode, or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church.
Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day.